the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. A program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. It's always great to have this opportunity to to join you every week for a few minutes to talk about the issues that affect us in our community, state, and our nation. We have a great show for you today. Been looking forward to it. Very excited about it. It's actually the annual show we did, we do every year uh, with our friend Commander Rich O'Sullivan and where we talk about blue and gold officers in the Navy and um, what they do um, to help uh, continue the wonderful tradition of the United States Navy and specifically as it relates to the United States Naval Academy. And before we introduce our guest, Rich and our other guest today, of course, I want to remind you that our program and all the programs you hear right here on FM 94.9, AM 950, and AM 1520 are supported by our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. And I certainly want you to know, if you have garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Find them online at FLADOOR.com and find out why Florida Door Solutions has been voted best garage door company once again. And let's go, first of all, to Commander Rich O'Sullivan. Rich, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Roger. It's great to be here. And uh, we're here today with uh, my colleague, Captain Pete Romano, and two outstanding Naval Academy midshipmen, midshipman second class Quentin Cooper and midshipman third class Kelly Elksnenis. Great. We look forward to speaking with all of them uh, over the course of our show. Uh, uh, C- Captain Romano, thank you for being here and thank you for your service. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to enjoying this session. Midshipman Alskinis, thank you for being here. Good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Midshipman Quentin Cooper, thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, Rich, let's go first to Commander Rich O'Sullivan and kind of like to set the stage. Uh, there's a specific topic for our program today, and it's the, the, the work that the Blue and Gold officers do in helping to recruit uh, new uh, people for the United States Naval Academy. But first of all, uh, Commander O'Sullivan, can you tell us about the Naval Academy and the mission of the United States Naval Academy? Yeah, thanks, Roger. Um, a lot of people really don't have an idea of what the service academies are. I mean, they watch the Army-Navy game and probably think that those teams are being fielded by the whole Army or the whole Navy, all 400,000 of them, whereas, in fact, those teams are coming out of the specific colleges that are the United States Naval Academy and the United States Military Academy at West Point. So Navy is one of three service academies that are federally funded. Uh, It's a full-ride scholarship. 
The three are, of course, the Naval Academy, West Point, and the Air Force Academy. There's also the Coast Guard Academy, but it's, it's in a slightly different category. But uh, the Naval Academy is a four-year institution that develops young men and women to become officers and leaders of our Navy in the future. Um, it's a fully accredited academic college. They come out with a Bachelor of Science degree, and uh, it's very highly rated and very tough to get into. So that's why we're here uh, with Kelly and Quentin promoting the academy and, and answering questions for local students that, that might be interested. And that uh, kind of leads me to uh, another question I think is totally related. And why don't you go ahead and explain uh, exactly what you and, and uh, you know, Captain Romano do as blue and gold officers? Well, uh, uh, blue and gold. the blue and gold officer is the Naval Academy's program of volunteers uh, and some reservists that are doing it for, for points that actually are out in the field um, working with the local high school students and in some cases middle school students even that are interested in the academy and we mentor them we answer their questions and then probably most importantly we do their official interview and write that up and that becomes part of their admissions packet when they they uh, apply to the academy we also do a lot of uh, we, we attend a lot of events where college fairs or congressional academy days and so forth where we're able to just uh, offer students that are interested, again, information about the Naval Academy. And now let's go to uh, Ca- Captain Romano, and it's great to have you joining us today. Captain Romano, we, Captain Romano's had a distinguished 30-year career in the United States Navy, but mostly as a, as a um, Naval of, you know, Air Officer, um, aviator. And can you share with us, uh, Captain Pete Romano, what uh, were some of the reasons that led you um, out of Purdue University to want to join the United States Navy? I wanted to serve my country. That was pretty much my major uh, uh, effect. But um, And I just I wanted to fly, and I wanted to get into aviation. And the Navy has a great, fantastic uh, uh, aviation program. And uh, I wanted to be on an aircraft carrier. So that led me uh, to uh, you know pursue... Uh, my career as a naval aviator. We'll talk uh, with Captain Romano more about his uh, very exciting and distinguished career a little bit later in the show, but uh, I'd like to ask you, uh, Captain Romano, now skip ahead, and he has served everywhere from San Diego to even in the Pentagon during his uh, 30 years of service, um, both in active duty and in the Naval Reserves. What led you after, you know, your entire career choosing to want to be involved in the Blue and Gold program? Well, working with Rich uh, with Delta Airlines there, you know, uh, had a chance to meet him, and uh, he invited me into the program, which was I was really excited to do. And um, it's it's rewarding, and um, that's how I basically got involved in it, basically through Rich. And let's go back to Commander Rich O'Sullivan, and you shared this with us before, but uh, we have new listeners literally every show. Um, can you share with us about uh, your journey into the United States Navy? Yeah, um, Roger, I, I apologize because I know you've heard this like three times now. but I always enjoy hearing it. <laughs> I, I was an Army brat. Dad was West Point, class of 52. Um, and I did throw in an application to West Point just to keep him happy. However, his father was Navy, so I, I remind him that I continued the, the tradition. But... Uh, during his career, he served as a professor at West Point teaching physics for four years. He was also the um, officer rep on the West Point squash team. And whenever we played Navy, he'd have both teams over to the house for a social. And I got to actually meet some midshipmen and uh, 
believe it or not, I really I, I thought they were cool, and I thought their uniforms were cool, and it tied in with my interest in, in everything to do with the ocean. So I became interested probably at a pretty early age, like around third grade, and uh, eventually it, it came to pass. And and what year did you join? Or, or, I, actually, oh, actually, I graduated. When, uh, actually, started as a, uh, a freshman at the Naval Academy. Yeah. Okay. My first year was in '73, and then I graduated in '77, and stayed for 20 in the Navy. Retarded in '97. Yeah, so. got in right on the kind of the ending era of the Vietnam War period. Actually. Yeah, I actually had a I had a draft number. Um, fortunately, it was a pretty high one. But uh, yeah, thank goodness by the time I graduated, Vietnam was over. We're speaking with. Commander Rich O'Sullivan on our program today on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, also joined by Captain Pete Romano, and also by Midshipman Quentin Cooper and Midshipman Kelly Alsninas. Um, now let's go back to Commander Rich O'Sullivan and Captain Romano. Um, and let's go back to Rich right now. Now, you mentioned you briefly that it's very difficult to uh, to get an appointment to the Naval Academy or any service academy. Can you talk about that process and and, and you know and, and what the academies are, are looking for in potential you know applicants? Uh, yeah, Roger. Well, the all the service academies are pretty much looking for the same characteristics and. I kind of look at it as uh, three legs of a stool, one leg being leadership, one leg being academics, and the other leg being uh, athletics. So if you look at the composition of, of incoming uh, plebes, as we call them, at the Naval Academy, a high percentage have been class presidents. They've been uh, Eagle Scouts, National Honor Society, uh, very high GPAs, uh, very good SATs and ACTs. And a lot of them have been varsity athletes, which both Kelly and I think Quentin also were varsity athletes in high school. And can you talk about um, your role as a Blue and Gold officer? What are some of the things that make it uh, most rewarding? Well, as as Pete mentioned, uh, and I've been doing this for over 20 years, uh, I don't know where the time's gone, but I think the thing that's the most rewarding for me is just the interaction with the young students. Um, you know, we keep hearing in the media how, you know, the, the millennial generation is, is lazy and they, they're pampered and self-centered. And then I meet these kids who oftentimes are getting up as early as 5 o'clock in the morning, doing all kinds of activities, perhaps even working jobs to help support their families and holding down amazing grades and just amazing resumes. And it really does renew your faith. Um, the hard part of the job really is the fact that I would say 90% of the, the young people that I interview, I would say, yes, let's accept them. And unfortunately, we just don't have the room to do it. So we tend to accept about 1,000 out of as high as 18,000 applicants. So it's a tough it's a tough program, and it's hard to tell those kids, hey, sorry, you didn't make it. We've got a few minutes before we take our first break. When we come back from break, we'll begin to hear from Midshipman Quentin Cooper and Midshipman Kelly Alcinas. Um before we go to break, I got one more question for Captain uh, Peter Romano, and yeah, just uh, we're talking about you know just the the, the way that the, any military service um, is is challenging, um, and of course I suspect that flight training and you know of course mil- you know Naval Academy is is is, is much more uh, challenging. Can you talk about your when you completed your Navy flight training in Pensacola and you earned your wings of gold as a Naval aviator in 1981? Uh, I was. Um Absolutely enjoyable. Um, I, it, 
it was a blast going through uh, naval flight training period. All right, uh, and I was commissioned uh, as an ensign going through, uh, and it just. Going through the uh, the training itself and the camaraderie with the people in the uh, aviation program at the time, it just forces you into that, um, you know, where you want to go as a, as an aviator, you know. And you know, Rich was a uh, P three guy. I was a, uh, a helicopter guy to start off. I ended up on carriers, uh, which is what I wanted to do, and uh, just. You know, once you get that bug to be an aviator, I think the hook is set. And, you know, up until now, I mean, we both fly for Delta right now. And, you know, that just thrill and that excitement, you know, of learning how to fly and uh, and doing it in the Navy, too, which is a little different than some of the other, um, uh, you know, uh, other services. You know, I mean, the Army flies also and the Coast Guard. And, uh, of course, the Air, Fa- oh, Air Force does, too. But um, who gets to fly off a carrier? You know, and uh, and do a mission off carrier, and then also supporting your country. You know, I mean, going out there and uh, doing a mission. You know, being involved uh, to do a mission to you know support the country is uh, is is exciting and it's rewarding. Well, thank you for your service, and thank you for sharing it with us and, and our listeners on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Well, we're going to go to a break in just a moment. Before we do, I want to, of course, give you this word from our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, and let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic have been voted number one chiropractor once again now for 10 years in a row. Dr. Patrick St. Germain has worked with athletes at all levels, from youth sports to elite college and professional athletes to Olympic champions. So when you're in pain, call Dr. St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. That's Dr. Patrick St. Germain at 855-WHEN-IN-PAIN. Well, friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Of course, on our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we talk about those issues from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, country. We have a great distinguished guest on our program today, of course, our regular contributor, Commander Rich O'Sullivan, United States Navy, also Captain Pete Romano, United States Navy retired, and also two midshipmen, Midshipman Quentin Cooper and Midshipman Kelly Alsninas. We'll go to them in just a moment. Before we do, I want to give you this word from our friends over at Glenn Tatum Septic Service. The mission of Glenn Tatum Septic Service is to provide their customers and community with a company whose top priority is professionalism, courtesy, and quality, while also creating new and lasting relationships through honesty, integrity, and hard work. Glenn Tatum Septic, offering 24-hour emergency service. You can find out more about them at TatumSeptic.com. That's TatumSeptic.com. And when you do, you can find the phone number, and please be sure to tell them you heard them on Roger Franklin Williams' show. Also, I want to give a shout-out to our friends and a word to our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair. And 
let you know and actually urge you that if you are looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, any other vehicle with old school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. And be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now let's go back to our guest today, Commander Rich O'Sullivan of the United States Navy, retired. Captain Pete Romano, United States Navy, retired. And Midshipman Quentin Cooper and Midshipman Kelly Alsninas. And uh, Rich, let's go uh, to you and just tell, can you introduce uh, our midshipmen who are joining us today and um, tell us a little bit about them? Uh, yeah, Roger, my pleasure. Um, well, midshipman second class Quentin Cooper comes to us out of uh, Evans High School. He did a year at the Naval Academy prep school, and now he's in his third year at the Naval Academy, and he's majoring in operations analysis. And he's played rugby, but he's giving his body a break right now. Um, midshipman third class Kelly Alex Ninnis, I was uh, honored to actually present her with her letter of appointment two years ago at Celebration High School where she came out of. And uh, Kelly was a varsity lacrosse player and team captain. She also was the uh, commander of her Air Force Junior ROTC unit. Uh, amazing scholar. And uh, she's a history major at Navy. She's also in the Drum and Bugle Corps, and she does some other activities, which I'll, I'll let her tell you about. But uh, two very outstanding midshipmen. Uh, the midshipmen that are selected for this Operation Information Program are, are handpicked, um, and what they're doing is they're actually getting a couple extra days of, of Thanksgiving leave to go and, and promote the academy, which is in part why we're here. Well, great. Midshipman Cooper and Midshipman Alzaninas, thanks for being here with us. And let's go uh, to the to right now. Let's start with uh, Midshipman Second Class Quentin Cooper. Can you talk about um, a little bit about your background and how you became interested in attending the United States Naval Academy? Okay. Uh, so I'm originally from Orlando, Florida, born and raised there. Um, I went to, like you said, Evans High School, graduated from Evans High School. Um, and originally I didn't know what the Naval Academy was, but there was a student, um, I believe, who graduated two years before I did, who ended up going there and spoke very highly of it, did pretty well. He's now a commission officer. Um, and he definitely kind of gave me those opportunities and gave me insight into what that was. Um, in addition, my SNSI from my JROTC program, uh, Captain Ronald Beasley, um, got me interested in becoming a naval officer. I kind of looked up to him as a role model, um, and then um, I said, the Naval Academy is definitely where I want to go um, and be in the Navy. Outstanding. Thank you for sharing with us. Let's go to Midshipman Third Class Kelly Alspinas, and can you share us with us uh, a little bit about your background and, and how you became interested in you know applying for the to attend the Naval Academy? All right. Well, my father was a naval officer. He was a commander, uh, a naval flight officer. I grew up in a very deep-set military family, both my grandfathers, my cousins, lots of military connections. Um, I traveled the world with my dad, six years living over in Germany and Lithuania. Um, And then when my dad retired from the Navy, he came to work for Disney, and we now uh, live in Celebration, Florida, and that's where I did seventh grade through um, graduating high school. And when I was beginning high school, I did not have an interest in the military, Um, but then 
something called to me that I had to do this uh, Air Force Junior ROTC program, and that's where my interest really started. Um, and then I looked back on my experience growing up, traveling the world with my dad and seeing what he did, and I was really, really called to the service through that. So I did the Naval Academy Summer STEM program for a week when I was a rising sophomore in high school, and I had such an amazing experience meeting people from around the country with the same interests and intentions that I had in life and goals, and I wanted to be with these people for the rest of my life and have deeper bonds with them. And so that's what really drove me to then want to go to the Naval Academy and be with like-minded people. Now, did you, uh, you know, your you know, background is, is um, you know, coming from a na- uh, career military family, career naval fa- uh, family, did you uh, ever consider, you know, any other options for college? Or were you just pretty much set on the Naval Academy? I, hmm. I applied to the Air Force Academy as well and got in. Um, my cousin had graduated from the Air Force Academy. Um, I wasn't too interested in West Point and joining the Army. Um, but when I looked back and really thought about my college decisions, I also got the ROTC scholarship to go attend Georgia Tech or Tulane. Um, but I found that the best place for me would have been at the Naval Academy with the opportunities that it presents both in and out of the academy. Great. Uh, thanks for sharing with us. Now let's go to Midshipman Second Class Quentin Cooper. And uh, did you ever consider you know other options f- for you know for going to college, other places to go to college? Um, so I also applied to West Point, but obviously they're the not as good as Navy, so I decided to go to Navy. Um, and I guess other civilian colleges, I was looking at Ohio State, um, University of Florida, some of those other different colleges, but I think my mind was set on going to the Naval Academy first um, because of the cost. My parents didn't have the money to pay for college, so I knew that that would be a full scholarship and a full ride either that way. And then um, just the the rigor that I knew that the Naval Academy would offer um, in developing leadership, ethics, moral um, athleticism, um, all those different kind of facets led me to say the Navy um, is definitely where I want to be. And let's uh, go back to Midshipman Second Class Quentin Cooper. Can you talk to us? I know that's a very a rigorous uh, environment, very challenging environment. You're not your typical, uh, you know, uh, non-military college type in- environment. Can you talk about a typical day, um, you know, for a, a student at the Service Academy? Sure, the, um, the Naval Academy yeah, specifically. Yes, so we all wake up and have to be at formation at seven. Um, so that's just an everybody evolution. And then we go to our classes. We all we go to all of our classes. Um, that's just a mandated thing, standard thing. Um, and then lunch is pretty that, short. That certainly makes it different from yeah. the regular college experience. <laughs> uh, lunch is pretty short. For myself, pretty of good. course. But yeah. yeah, lunch is pretty short, but. It's, it's fine. Um, you learn to eat pretty quickly, and then you go back to classes, and you have sports period. Everybody either plays an intramural sport, does uh, extracurricular activity like D&B um, or drum or gospel choir, all these different things. Um, and then after that, it's study period um, from about 8 to 23. Or, yeah. um, and <laughs> I think the minimum, the minimum – number of credit hours you take is 15 credit hours so if you think about the amount of time that you have for homework versus the number of credits out credit hours you have um there isn't a lot of time to do a lot of things so i find myself being up kind of late but 
one of the, the rigors. So, so certainly a full day. Thanks for sharing yes. your insights into the day in life at the United States Naval Academy. And uh, Midshipman Third Class Kelly Alzinas, can you share a little bit about your your typical day? Um, it's pretty much the same. We all have uh, the same schedules where we have to go to classes. Mostly because we are funded on taxpayer money and we are paid to go to school. Um, it's a little different when you're a freshman at the academy. You'll have three to four uh, morning workouts where you'll wake up at 5.30 and do a morning workout with some of your upperclassmen that are still training you. Um, throughout your freshman year, you are still being trained um, by your upperclassmen. Um, and then, yes, study period comes around. That's also a time between sports period and study period. You have about an hour or two where extracurricular clubs will meet. Um, or during the day, if you have a free period, you can do different things like volunteer at local schools with, through our Midshipman Action Group, our volunteer program. Um, I spend that time, I volunteer at the museum at the Naval Academy. Um, but there's a lot of different things you can get involved in besides just the daily work life of a midshipman. And how many years have you been there so far? Two years at the Naval Academy. Now, what would you say to uh, you know, a student coming out of high school that's contemplating uh, attending the Naval Academy uh, you know, and, and is also contemplating other service academies or even contemplating a non-service-related uh, college? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different experience than what you would get at a regular university, but in my opinion, it's very, very fulfilling to be at a service academy and be on the track to become an officer in the armed forces. Um, any of the academies are a great option um, just with the bonds that are created at these schools through shared experiences. You'll have a basic training before you enter your freshman year. Throughout, It's about seven weeks uh, the summer before your freshman year. Um, and you'll go through basic training, what you would think maybe a boot camp. At the Naval Academy, we call it Pleep Summer. Um, and through that, that's your first taste at forming really strong bonds with your classmates, stronger than you, you would think. I was very surprised, but they are my new family now, and I'm so lucky to have them. Um, and what just makes it even stronger is that you are surrounded by like-minded people with not just personal goals in life, but they, well, personal goals in life, but they also want to serve their country and serve a higher purpose more than just them. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that great, uh, your, your great journey with us, Midshipman Third Class Kelly Alskinas. Well, we're going to go to another break. When we come back, we'll continue to speak with Commander Rich O'Sullivan, Captain Pete Romano, Midshipman Second Class Quinton Cooper, and Midshipman Third Class Kelly Alzninas on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. Before we go to break, I want to tell you a word about our friends over to Popka Mower and Equipment Repair and let you know that Popka Mower is pleased to announce the addition of steel outdoor power equipment products. Come and see them at their impressive showroom at a at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail, which is also, of course, Highway 441, north of Apopka between Plymouth Reno Road and the 429. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. They sell the best, and they fix the best. Find out more at apopkamower.com. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. To the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back. To the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're glad you're joining us today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. 
have a great show for you today. It's our annual program where we talk about United States Naval Academy, specifically the Blue and Gold Officer Program, and also how young people actually become their journey to become um, students at the United States Naval Academy and enter the United States Navy through that route and preparing to be naval officers. Before we we have Commander Rich O'Sullivan joining us today, Captain Pete Romano is joining us on the show today. Midshipman Second Class Quentin Cooper is joining us, and also Midshipman Third Class Kelly Alsninas. Before we go back to them in just a, a moment, I want to let you know, of course, remind you about our friends over at Network Sound and Video, and let you know that if you're looking for the perfect Christmas gift, especially for friends and loved ones who are difficult to buy for. Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video can really help you, and they'll have some great ideas, and it can also help craft a Christmas gift that is totally unique uh, and will mean a lot to the person that you are giving, you know, getting the gift for. Uh, they can take any of your outdated um, memories, precious memories, whether it's old pictures, whether it's things in old uh, outdated eight uh, millimeter tape or VHS tape or you know anything like that. They can restore it if it's not in good condition, but especially they can convert it to modern technology so you can get it out of the boxes in your closet and you can get it on your computer and you can enjoy it once again and even share it with your friends and loved ones um, here locally or around the country, around the world. You can find them, of course, at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. You can go old school and give them a call at 407-834-8555. That's 407-834-8555. And yes, if you call during business hours, a live person will answer the phone. And then also you can just drop by and see them. They're located very conveniently, 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood in the Merritt Center. Network sound and video. They've got where you can get your perfect Christmas gift for the person, that special person on your Christmas list. You can find them at Network Sound and Video. Dot com. Now let's go back to our panel, and I got one more question for the midshipmen, and we'd like to then we'll get uh, Commander O'Sullivan and Captain Romano involved again as well. And you know, it's very interesting to hear your stories of you know how you came to your journey to the Naval Academy, why you chose this path, the opportunities that that are available. And I'm particularly interested about the the opportunities, uh, specifically u- unique opportunities that you feel the Naval Academy can provide you. Um, you know, another college or even another military ki- family might not. And let's uh, we'll go back. We'll start with Midshipman Third Class Kelly Alzninas. All right. Well, I have been very fortunate with my opportunities at the Naval Academy, um, starting with in my freshman year. I really got the opportunity to explore what my passions and interests were. In high school, it was all STEM-centered, like I was going to be an engineer in in college, and that was my focus and goal. And once I got to the Naval Academy, I really got to branch out and explore my own interests. Um, And so now I'm a history major with a Russian minor. Um, What pushed me towards that were the professors um, who are so willing to help um, explore uh, midshipman passions at the Naval Academy. So the history department, actually, I got a wonderful opportunity to escort the Lithuanian vice minister of defense around the academy through the history department um, because they learned of my background and my interest 
in that culture because my father was is a first generation Lithuanian American when my grandparents came over during World War II, um, and my grandfather then joined the Navy and was a naval diver um, as an officer in the Navy. Um, so then my father was the Lithuanian or the naval attaché to the Lithuanian to the American embassy in Lithuania. Um, and then I finally stepped up last year with the history department to escort the Lithuanian Vice Minister of Defense around the academy. And now in the history program, I'm pursuing an independent research study into Lithuanian culture and the effects of Soviet occupation um, with a cross study in uh, the effects to Latvian culture in Latvia as the academy has presented me with the opportunity to go study at a Russian university in Latvia um, come next year. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, those are certainly some unique opportunities. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's interesting, Roger, because uh, when I went to the academy, it, it's amazing how the place has, has evolved and changed. And I really like what Kelly said when she said, you know, in high school, you're, you're polishing your resume, you're doing all the right things, you're taking chemistry, physics, calc, et cetera, et cetera. And now she's, she's in the academy, and she can really pursue her passion. And she found out that, hey, I, I don't want to be an engineer. I'm really interested in history. And that's the cool thing about the Naval Academy. A lot of people feel like it's, it's just an engineering school, and it is a very, very good one. But we've, we offer several... Uh, what we would call, uh, we call them bull majors, but basically we offer several majors in what you would call the uh, the humanities, history, political science, English, a couple languages, and Kelly has, has discovered that area, which, which is really neat. The other thing is when I went, um, which was a long time ago, we, we really didn't have any opportunity for uh, learning about other cultures, for attending a, another uh, country's Naval Academy, like Kelly's going to have the opportunity to do next year, which is phenomenal. There's also a lot of, of opportunities to do summer training with some of the other navies with their Naval Academies, and it'll tie a lot of times it'll tie in with a language that you might happen happen to be taking. So the opportunities are are amazing. You know, I wanted to ask uh, Midshipman Cooper about the same question about the unique opportunities, but I've got another question for both of you uh, right now, and we'll start with Midshipman uh, Cooper and. In fact, you can even uh, you know, talk about the unique opportunities from your perspective. But have you also thought, given much thought to whether you, for both of you, want to make the, the Navy a, a career and become career you know, naval officers like uh, Captain uh, um, Romano and Commander Sullivan? Or whether have you thought about what you might want to do you know, in civilian life uh, at some point? Do, do, do you think that far? Are you thinking that far ahead? And I'm, I'll just go back to Midshipman Quentin Cooper. Um, as far as taking it out into a full 30-year career, um, I don't know that I've thought that far in advance, but definitely um, I know that it's going to be an intense evaluation of where I'm fit or how I'm feeling after my five-year commitment to see what I want to do. Um, but as of right now, I do really enjoy what I'm doing, um, and there's no like intention of me stopping after five years. Um, so definitely the 30 years. And would you like to talk to speak to some of the, the unique opportunities from your perspective the Naval Academy offers? Um, I think one comes with what kind of the, the Naval Academy's nickname, the Leadership Factory. Um, the United States Naval Academy and other service academies um, offer the unique opportunity for students to get peer leadership early on. Um, the Brigade of Midshipmen is 
completely ran by midshipmen. Um, even our honor concept, our conduct, um, all those things are ran by midshipmen. And so those opportunities in leadership are definitely really unique as opposed to other civilian um, university and, universities and colleges. And on the academic front, um, kind of like Mitchell and Kelly was saying, um, independent research is something that professors enthusiastically take on. I myself am going to be doing independent research next semester in some stock exchange fluctuations, algorithms, and whatnot. Um, so that's definitely interesting. And the academic piece, um, because we do have the resources, um, kind of all around the nation, um, we're a government entity, so if they need to find something out, they will find it for you. Um, that's kind of one of the unique opportunities and re- unique resources that we have at the United States Naval Academy. And now I'd like to um, y- y- also ask you, um, you know, go, well, the same question for uh, Midshipman Alzninas. H- have Have you thought about um, you know whether you want to make the Navy a, a career, or have you th- have you even thought about what you might do uh, you know, using the training and education you've learned? Um, in, in, a, in civilian life after the Navy? Um, I have thought about this question a lot, mostly because I grew up with this question and being part of a military family where most of my cousins have made this a career. I believe I will pursue the military as a career occupation. I'd like to go aviation um, at first, and then when I can't fly anymore, I would love to go into foreign affairs and be a foreign affairs officer with uh, and a regional expert in Eastern European and Russian affairs. Um, after that, maybe retire. And I have also had the opportunity at the academy to volunteer extensively with the museum, doing document repair, reconstruction, um, working with the model ships, working with doing museum exhibits. Um, and I think I would love to do museum work somewhere and preserve history where it can be preserved. Awesome. Very interesting. A question for uh, Commander Sullivan and um, Captain Romano. Now, what, uh, how much, where will the, 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 these uh, midshipmen go once they become graduates? And how much uh, do they have control over that? And how much is it just, okay, you're going to go, you're going to go here? Okay, well, that's uh, that's a really good question, Roger, and it, it has changed. So I, I think we probably ought to let Quentin and, and Kelly actually give you the answer, but I'll tell you how it was when I went through, and, I, and Pete can, can talk about his experience, but uh, when I went through, we had service selection night. So um, with some exceptions, like the submarine service, which in which you were pre-screened um, and had to do an interview with Admiral Rickover, um, basically, you walked into a room and you started with the number one person. But that was fun. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I actually skipped that. <laughs> but the, you, the number one guy would walk into this room and he had his pick of whatever he wanted to do, he or she. Um, and then it went number two and so on. But but now it's it's a little different, and I know we're coming up on break, but uh, it'd be interesting to hear from Kelly and, and Quentin uh, what their experience is. And they don't even call it service selection anymore. They call it service assignment. So you you let them know what you want to do, and then they decide whether that's what the Navy needs or not. Okay, we'll, we'll let, go to them when we come back from our break. And then I'd like to, when we come back from break, love to hear more about Captain Romano's uh, very interesting career uh, in service in the, as a naval officer and aviator, and uh, yours as well, uh, Rich. And I'm sure you guys might have some questions you, you have for, the, for our uh, midshipmen as well. Um, before we go to break, I want to, of course, let everybody know about our friends over at 
Florida Door Solutions and let you know that in the best old school tradition, Florida Door Solutions gives back. They're a local family-owned business, and they support numerous organizations throughout our community, including youth sports, Little League, our local schools. They've also been voted best garage door company now once again. So when you have garage door problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find them at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com. Or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. And that relates to service, new construction, retail, garage doors, motor operations, gate systems, replacement sections, parts or accessories. Anything you need, garage door related, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. Of course, they've got a, a large residential division and a large commercial division. We're going to get a break right now on the Roger Frank and Williams Show. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Glad you're joining us today for our annual program where we highlight the United States Naval Academy. Pleased to be joined by once again by regular contributor, Commander Rich O'Sullivan. Also today by Captain Pete Romano, a career naval officer and aviator. Also, two midshipmen from the Naval Academy are joining us. Midshipman 2nd Class Quentin Cooper and Midshipman 3rd Class Kelly Alzaninas. We'll go back to them in just a moment. In fact, uh, before we do, I want to give you another word from our friends over at Florida Mower and Equipment Repair. Let you know that Apopka Moore is your one-stop center for all of your lawn and garden needs. Get over and see their very impressive showroom at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail. That's Highway 441 north of Apopka, located between Plymouth Serena Road and the 429. That's Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. They sell the best and they fix the rest. Find more out more at apopkamower.com. That's apopkamore.com. And when you go over to see them, be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now, let's go back to Midshipman Quentin Cooper and Midshipman, second class Quentin Cooper and Midshipman, third class Kelly Alzaninas. And, you know, kind of follow up the question we had, uh, I posed to Commander O'Sullivan before break. And uh, first of all, to Midshipman Quentin Cooper, do you have some thoughts uh, and goals as to what your branch, you know, or what kind of you know, um, division you would like to join? What kind of work you'd like to be doing, uh, serving in the in Naval Academy once you um, you leave the Naval Academy, and, and and how much choice do you have over the matter? Uh, sure. Um, I think I've decided I want to be a naval aviator. I'm not sure what platform I want to fly. It doesn't really matter. I'll fly whatever they give me. Um, but as far as if we can choose, they. I think they changed it from service selection to service assignment um, to kind of take away the thought that midshipmen can directly choose. So the way it works is uh, your senior year, you go on the computer, you put in your, your preferences, and then it closes and there's like a smoke screen. And then uh, I think it's in December, actually like 
two weeks ago. In November. Oh, November, excuse me. Two weeks ago or so, they chose, or they were called into the wardroom, and their company officer reads off what they get. Um, and I think mostly the assignments come, I, I call it the needs of the Navy and preference. It's kind of a mix of the two. So obviously the better you do, um, the more likely you're going to get what you want. But the needs of the Navy. Yeah. Quentin, why don't you uh, just give a quick rundown on what the options are? Because I think that's one of the things that makes Navy uh, kind of unique in a way. Because, you know, Air Force Academy, you're either a pilot or you're something else. Um West Point, you're either an infantry officer or you're something else. But at Navy, there's a lot of different e- sort of equally impressive fields that you can go into. You want to talk about that for a minute? Sure. Um, so I, the largest numbers are they go to the following category categories, surface warfare officers, the people who drive the ships and kind of the biggest part of the Navy. Um, the naval aviators, they fly the planes, helicopters. Uh, you can join the Marine Corps. Um, so that's kind of the ground aspect. Um, also, submarine officers, a much more selective process, um, interviewing with the uh, the admiral. Um, what are the things I'm forgetting? Uh, special warfare, uh, EOD. Um, and then you can go into kind of some more specialized areas um, like cryptologic warfare, intel, uh, logistics, aviation maintenance officers, medical. medical, another really selective one. So those are all different kind of things you can do coming out of the Naval Academy. Thank you for sharing. Let's go to Midshipman Kelly Alzninas. And you've kind of talked a lot about your goals already and your focus, but uh, anything else you'd like to, to, to add to that? Well, so I do know... Um, at the moment that I would like to go aviation. However, um, this coming summer between my sophomore and junior year, I'll have the opportunity um, that all midshipmen have where we spend a week with training with each unit. So we'll spend a week with an aviation unit, a week with submarines, a week with the Marine Corps, and a week with surface warfare. Um, and that's where a lot of people get a lot more direction in where what service they want to join. This past summer, I was on a ship out in San Diego, the USS America, for a month and got an incredible experience there, actually working with the air wing, the aviation wing on board, um, getting to see the flight ops where being on the uh, carrier deck, um, as the helicopters are flying on and off the ship, and ha- as they were loading ammunition, I was up on the in the flight tower, um, and seeing the whole aviation side on board a ship was very, very interesting to me. Very interesting. So, so Kelly, um, you got both you and Quentin pretty much figured out that you want to go in aviation. Um, there's other uh, areas, the Marine Corps, you can get into. You could also uh, become a SEAL. Uh, those are kind of specialized in their own way. But um, how would you uh, apply for that, or how would you put your request in to be part of one of those uh, one of those groups? Um, I think for for the special warfare community, it's a little bit more difficult to get into. Obviously, by nature of their jobs, um, they're more physically demanding. So uh, for that. You'd have to do EOD screener, SEAL screener, um, which is where they kind of vet you before you even get considered by the big Navy for that job. As far as aviation, SWO, Marine Corps, um, those are things 
first, what they tell us is that you need to have mentors um, so that way you can have some more perspective on exactly what's happening in the community and that they have some name recognition when they're choosing. Um, and as far as putting in, once again, it's as simple as kind of putting up your preferences. Um, say you want to be a, a, in aviation, you put pilot, NFO, and then following down the next three would be SWO, Marine Corps, or whatever you want to do after that. And then kind of based on your overall order of merit, uh, which I guess the equivalent of class rank, you would get chosen by community off of those things. There are also special training opportunities that you can um, earn and achieve. Um, very, very selective process at the academy, um, but where you can go with a SEAL team or EOD unit over the summer um, as an extra training. Also, learning more of the Marine Corps by doing trainings over the summer. You'll be with an air wing and a ground wing in what we call MAGTAF, um, and that's just an extra training you can do if you are very gun-ho and motivated to go Marine Corps. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing those various options with us. And, and Roger, let me just point out real quick. Um, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I saw this statistic that something like 85% of the midshipmen get their first choice. And somewhere in the 91, 2 percentile range get their first or second choice. So it's really a small percentage that don't get to do what they want to do. But as Quentin pointed out, it is based on the needs of the Navy, and it's based on your aptitude. So if you're, I don't know if they still call him the anchor man, but the anchor man was the bottom guy in the class. He's probably not going to get his first choice, but he knows that. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to take this opportunity to um, have Captain Pete Romano share a little bit more about, about your career, sir. And you you, um, you had a very varied career in terms of what you did and where you served and, you know, not... Uh, uh, including, not limited to, but including, you served in, um, based in North uh, North Island, Sandy in San Diego, um, also out of New Orleans, also Michigan and Great Lakes, and um, also you finished your career in the Navy's Command Center in Pentagon. Can you share with us, uh, you know, maybe uh, some of uh, some of those experiences that uh, you know you, you reflect f- fondly on? Well, my whole desire was, you know, to become a naval aviator right from the get-go. And um, throughout college, uh, when I'm a junior, uh, they sent us through um, what they call a uh, summer cruise. And during that summer cruise, we got to uh, take a look at all the different uh, areas of uh, the Navy, surface, air, submarines. And uh, just give you an idea on and a feel for, you know, like if you didn't have an idea where you wanted to go, uh, where you could pick from. Uh, in which we're eligible for. So I, even before I did that, I knew I wanted to go into aviation. And then uh, going to flight school uh, in Pensacola, uh, just after uh, the Vietnam War, where everything was kind of settling down and the gas crunch was going on down there, too. And um, so I ended up uh, getting my wings in uh, 81 and uh, flying helicopters out of North Island. And as... Uh, Quentin and Kelly were talking about their choices of what they were going to do. Being uh, from the uh, Naval Academy, they usually get their first choice, just as Commander Sullivan had had, uh, talked about. Uh, However, everybody else kind of falls in a suit after that, whether the different programs to get a commission, um, you know, fall into play uh, for that. And um, so after uh, I got my wings, uh, you know, I just fell into that... uh, aviation career and the Navy uh, has a tendency to want you to be more of a manager than a pilot 
So uh, as you progress uh, through the different squadrons uh, in, in your specialty, whether it be helicopters, jets, or props, um, you end up uh, basically being promoted out of your uh, your flying billet, and then you become basically uh, more of a manager. And that's where I ended up uh, uh, in the reserves after a 12-year career, active duty career, and then... Um, I was the uh, commanding officer of a law enforcement unit out of Chicago and then moving on to the Pentagon, which were non-flying un uh, units, but uh, they were still uh, enjoyable because just as Kelly was talking about you know, the bonding that you experience uh, in the academy, the people that you meet, I mean, that only just gets uh, greater and, and more enjoyable uh, with the people. And uh, when you get a chance uh, in your career to be a commanding officer, as myself and uh, Commander O'Sullivan, I mean, not only do you work with people that are fantastic, you become one of those uh, leaders that uh, work with other people, too. And that's part of the BGO program, too, the Blue and Gold Officer that we're doing right now. And that's what I think is most rewarding uh, where I am right now. Even though I'm retired, you know, I'm still working with uh, people interested in going into the Navy and going to the Academy. And so, you know, it's just a continuation Thank you. Thank you for sharing about your service with us. Very interesting. I'm sure the serving in the Pentagon was very interesting, but I guess we'll have to save that, hearing about that for another time. Well, Rich, it's been great to, to see you once again. Thank you for bringing such a great uh, group of Americans over to join us on our program today and, and share great uh, information with our listeners. Thanks, Roger. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, every time we show up, we've got great midshipmen with us. Uh, some of the group that were from three or four years ago are actually out in the fleet serving our country 24-7. Uh, so I'm very proud of them, and I'm very proud of these two. And thanks a lot to Pete, who's been a great help to me. And uh, go Navy, beat Army. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you, uh, Midshipman 2nd Class Quinton Cooper, for joining us today. And also Midshipman 3rd Class Kelly Alcinas. Thanks for being here. Yeah, that, we've got about 30 seconds. I, yeah, I want to save this question for the last. Who's going who's to win the Army-Navy game? It's, Commander Richard this, Sullivan. This is, this is Navy's year. We're going to kick some you-know-what. Although Army does have a good team. No. Um, I'm not going to take that away. Uh, not this year. Captain Pete Romano. Oh, I'm moving to the Navy all the way. It's Navy's time. Well, friends, we want to thank you for joining us on our program today. And uh, once again, thank you to Commander Rich O'Sullivan, Captain Pete Romano. Thank you for your service, gentlemen. And thank you to our wonderful midshipmen, Quentin Cooper and Kelly Alzinas. Well, friends, thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.